Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I didn't know you had a, a baritone voice, <laughs> but you had done good. <laughs> Ron and Inger, how many more weeks are you going to be around? Uh, we leave on the 25th. Of April. Yes, sir. Well, we're going to cherish every moment you're here. And if whatever you can do, insult Ron to the fullest of your ability. <laughs> He's got it coming. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> we are continuing, continuing on from an old, old theme. I want to pick up some loose ends of of always when you're reading the Bible, the, one of the first things you have to do is to establish your audience. Now, if I'm, when I used to teach uh, trading principles, and I would have an audience of business people, I don't talk to them the way I all talk to you. Well, they were intelligent for one thing. <laughs> I, I didn't mean that. But, but because you have an audience, they, they were there for one thing, and were paying a bill and uh, to get a certain amount of information. And so when I have them in my audience, why then I approach them from the standpoint of why they're there and why they've asked me to be there. And most of you know that I was in the import-export currency imbalances with central banks and people like to know how to do with that how to do that and so um, they would employ me for contract contract to teach them what I know and what I do so when I'm here with the Lord's people on the Lord's day we don't have those kind of themes do we we have a total different subject I'm speaking to you as Christian people who have some measure of appreciation for God and His people because we always have a variable amount of people here, various views, and we like that. And today we have, by the way, Chad, good to see you today. You too, thank you. He said, I heard him say earlier that he could take you single-handed. <laughs> he might could. Really? Maybe. He, he, even, he even got so talking about your ancestry. He said, you, you probably wouldn't do anything about it. Is that true? No. You were right. He is a wimp. <laughs> I'll get you all. I'm trying to get you all woke up here, you know. So anyway, what we're trying to do is to establish the audience when we read the Bible. If you're... Uh, you have to, who, who's, who's he write, Who's the author and who is he writing to? That means you establish your audience because then you have to determine am I in that audience or not and if I'm not in that audience I want to listen to what's being said but remember that it's pertaining to the audience to whom he's speaking. Do you understand that? 
That's how we come to the Bible. We have to understand who's speaking, who he is speaking to, and of course what his topic is. And, and of course, you realize too, under which dispensation. But we're talking about the New Testament, the New Covenant. We're talking about people within the New Covenant, who Jesus is talking to, who the apostles are talking to, and it all makes a difference. So we're still on the theme of establishing the audience. <clears throat> now let's go to John chapter 15. <clears throat> and we've been here for some time. But in John chapter 15, just, just some review. Well, before we go there, let's go over to one we start with here several times in Acts chapter 1. Um, just as a way so that we really have a foundation to where we're going today, even though most of you who have been, who are here, have been here all the way through. But let's begin in, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 21 and 22. <clears throat> because they're getting ready to replace Judas. Verse 21, therefore it is necessary, this is Acts 1, 21, therefore it is necessary that of the men who have accompanied, accompanied, accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. First of all, how many of you fit into that first category? <laughs> we look old enough. <laughs> and then he identifies how long you had to be going in and out among them. Beginning with what event? Baptism of John. The baptism of John until when? Until he was taken up. Until he was taken up or his ascension. One must have been also a witness. Three, the third thing must have been a witness with us of his resurrection. resurrection. So of those those qualifications when Jesus is talking to those who are meeting those qualifications he is speaking to them about things that may or may not pertain to you and me and if they pertain to us it will be revealed to us through them through the apostles later on in the new covenant age in the epistles. So let's go back now to our John. <clears throat> and verse 15. And first of all. I just have five, four or five questions to ask you in review. If we don't get through the review we end. You know. We will stop. Sometimes we do more reviewing than we do progress. You know. But let me ask you some questions beginning with John 15 and 5. Who are the branches? Don't all speak at once. <laughs> Who? That's right. Who said that? Pat said that. Corey said that. That's right. We've already established that chapters 14, 15, 16, and 17 are speaking about whom? Jesus is speaking to whom? And if you don't meet the criteria of Acts 1, 21, and 22, you do not fit into this unless it is repeated by one of the apostles for the church later on. So, 
We are not the branches. Who are the branches? All right, you've got to remember who the branches are, and that is the apostles. They are attached to the vine. Now, in, in verse 7 of chapter 15, we have another question. What is the condition here for making a request? What is the condition for making the request, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you? What's the what is the condition? You have to be in him. All right. One must abide in him and who is the you there? The apostles. The apostles. So we don't go to that verse for something that's applicable to the church today, although some of it may be, but in other words, even for them, they must continue. What is the condition of Jesus responding to them when they ask of him anything? They must be attached to him because the branch must be attached to the vine. And so he's speaking to them there to the apostles. Now let's go to verse 14. What is the condition in verse 14 of this same chapter for friendship? Verse 14. If you follow his command. If you do his command, then you are my friends. And who is the you there again? All right. That's never spoken of toward Christians. That doesn't mean we aren't. But it's not spoken of in the epistles. It is speaking of Christ and his relationship to his disciples who became the apostles. And even then, the condition for them was that they do what? Obey his commands. Oh, you folks are getting it down. Now, in verse 19 of this chapter, I'm, I'm doing this because we, we went through all this last uh, three or four weeks ago. In verse 19, <clears throat> who were they loved by? Who are you loved by? And of course, here the apostles. Let's read it. If you are of the world, the world would love its own. So, if you want to be loved by the world, you have to have your life conditioned around the elements of the world. But because you, who's the you? The you here is always a corporate pronoun. Folks, once you get that straight, it just clears up so many problems in theology. You are not of the world. You are not out of your world. Your origin, your source of what you believe is not the product of philosophizing. Not out of the world. But I chose you out of the world. Who did Jesus choose? The apostles. Not you. We are chosen only when we choose to be a part of their teaching. Because of this world, the world hates you. So because the apostles were unique, have been called out of the world, they were not loved by the world, but were hated by the world. What, and that's referring to the apostles. 
we have to ask sometimes in a general sense, in a, in a new covenant standpoint, uh, because see, the new covenant is not in force in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When does the new covenant that applies, uh, applies to us, when does it become effective? On the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. So before that, we are not under the Gospels, they're under the Old Covenant. <clears throat> Now, in verses 26 and 27, <clears throat> again, speaking to the apostles, let me ask the question. You see if you can figure it out. What is the condition for help to the apostles in these two verses? When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the what? Spirit. The spirit of truth. truth. See, spirit stands on its own merit because it is the epitome of truth. The spirit is truth. The truth is spirit. They're inseparable. Who or which proceeds from the Father, he will testify about me. And you will testify also because of what reason? What is the condition here in the latter part of verse 27? Because you have what? You have been with him from the beginning. That rules you out and it rules me out, doesn't it? From this perspective. Just a couple of years, though. Just about a couple of years in my case. Thank you, Alex, for that. All right. Now, uh, let's go back again to... um, uh, chapter 16 and I want to reconfirm his audience and that's about all we'll have time for here today I'm I'm trying to bring things down uh, for the time's sake here Uh, we're going to reconfirm now his audience beginning in chapter 16 of gospel of John because John is the source of so much false doctrine today so much false teaching so if we get it clarified in these central chapters, you should never have a problem deciding, does that pertain to me or does it pertain to them? And if so, why? All right, chapter 16 and verse 1, 1 through 4. These things I have spoken to whom? Hasn't changed the audience. He's speaking to the audience, uh, to, and his audience is? The apostles. the apostles. These things I have spoken to the apostles so that you may be kept from stumbling. Even they had the potential of stumbling. But they were going to stay on their feet because of what Jesus had said. They have to respond to what it is he said. They will make you, the you is still a corporate pronoun, you are still, you are, act, you are outcast from the synagogue. None of you qualify for that, folks. How many of you are members of the local synagogue? They will make you outcast from the synagogue, but an hour is coming for everyone who kills you. And uh, none of you have been recipients of that yet. To think that he is offering service to God. Now, who do you know of in the New Testament who thought that way? In chapter 9 of the book of Acts. Saul thought that way. He thought, he said, I have killed Christians, slaughtered them left and right. 
it all in good conscience. He said, I am the most sincere man who ever lived when it came to persecuting and killing Christians. So don't talk to me about your sincerity. It doesn't match up to Paul's. <laughs> but you see, we can be as sincerely wrong. Sincerely is not the proof. To be sincere is not the proof of being in the right way. Sincerity is not what makes something right or wrong. That isn't the factor at all. So, an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he is offering service to God. Verse 3, these things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. And of course, the book of Revelation is the book that tells us why God destroyed Jerusalem and destroyed the temple because of the Jews. Now verse 4, these things I have spoken to you so that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. There had to be a time frame. There had to be, uh, Jesus was conscious of time frames. So obviously, those are things that related to the apostles and what he was saying about them, to them. Now let's go in the same chapter. Now let's go over to verse uh, 28. Chapter 16, verse 28. This is so critical, folks. We've spent a lot of time on this uh, in the past about who is Jesus. We haven't got it clear. The church has not got it clear. We need to get it clear. We need to get who Jesus is right. I have come forth from the Father and have come into the world. There's two phrases or two two phases right there. He had an origin, and his origin was where? With the Father. With the Father. And have come into the world. And leaving the world again and going to the Father. Three steps. To know Jesus, you have to know that he had his origin with the Father. Then when he came, he put aside his identity with God to become as one of us, fully man. If he was still God, then it's a denial of him. You have denied Christ. So all the churches who believe in the Trinity are deathly wrong. There is no salvation in believing in the wrong Jesus. He was with the Father. Folks, if we don't understand the origin of Jesus, we've got a problem. But then we have to realize that he had his beginning with God. Came, he, he was created by the Father as his Son. And then he put aside his identity with God in Philippians 2 verse 7. To become as one of us. And everything that he did, he had to be as one of us. In order to accomplish what it was he came to do. And then he was enabled to do some of the things that he did, as were the apostles by the Father. He says, even the words that I speak have come from whom? Have come from my Father. The works that I do have been given to me by the Father. All of the things that he did, he says, have been given to me as were the apostles. 
given all of those abilities to do the same things that Jesus did. My ability to raise Lazarus came to me from whom? God. Not from Himself. The Father working through the Son. Now, folks, we have to keep that in mind, that Jesus had an origin, and when He came here, He did not come as a God. He came here to put that aside so that He could become one of us and be a real example. And so His cross was not mere pageantry. And then He ascended to go back to be with the Father again. Verse 29. Now His disciples, after having what I just said, be fine to them. Now they caught on. Look at this. His disciples said, Lo, now, now you are speaking so we can understand. Now in verse 30, now we know. Now we understand. Once we understood, once they understood Jesus' origin, and how He came to be as one of us, and that He went again to ascend to be with the Father, now the disciple says, now we know who Jesus is. And now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. By this we believe that you came from God and folks, that's how we come to realize who Jesus is. And once we realize who He is and that He delegated His apostles to be the executors of His will, it won't take us long to respond to Him and do what we need to do to be in His good graces. Look at verse 33. These things I have spoken to you. Jesus is speaking. These things I have spoken to you so that in me, in me, positioned in me, you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. He is saying that to whom? All right, a couple more verses and we'll close. Go to chapter 17. <clears throat> and we'll finish up this tidbit. These are just some unfinished things that I, I wanted to get out today. In chapter 17 and verse 9, he's speaking to the Father. He is speaking to the Father in verse 1. Verse 9, I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world. So God, Jesus is making a distinction between whom? The apostles and the world. The apostles and the rest of the cosmos. He is making a distinction. Folks, don't make everybody equal. The apostles are, we're not equal to the apostles. They did not, you and I do not have access into the thinking of God as they did on the day of Pentecost. I ask on their behalf, don't put yourself in there. I ask on their behalf, on their behalf, on whose behalf? Don't forget it. I do not ask on behalf of the world but of those, Father, whom you have given to me. Who had God given to him? The apostles. For they are yours. God predestined those who were to become apostles, not you and me. All things that began, God has an immediate unilateral function. 
that he integrates himself with. Once something begins, then it is continued by the natural law. Natural law of whatever it is you're talking about. All things that are mine, in verse 10, are yours and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. He's talking about his relationship with the Father. One more verse in verse 12. <clears throat> While I was with them, he's still speaking to the Father in verse 17, but he's talking about whom? The apostles. the apostles. While I was with them, God, while I was with them, I was keeping them where? In your, in your name, which you have given me. So, you see, even his name had been given to him by the Father, and I guarded them, and not one of them perished, except but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. So he is definitely here, again, we reestablish our audience. Who is Jesus talking about when he prays to the Father? He's talking about the apostles. Folks, you don't put yourself there. You're not in that. That's not it. That, that's, that's not us. And verse 14, and we're close. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not out of the world, even as I am not out of the world. And of course, some of those things are still true. But they're not true because of this. They're just true because they're a natural part of life. When you separate yourself from how everybody else is thinking, you're not going to be popular with those who are thinking some other way. That's just the way it is in, in life. So we have reconfirmed his audience, and now we will move into a whole new, new uh, ball game starting next Lord's Day, God permitting, and that we all are alive. So don't miss it. We've established the audience. We know the difference between the apostles and the rest of the people. We know that even when God is speaking to the Father in heaven, He is speaking in relationship in the Gospel of John, anyhow. He is speaking directly to the Father about those whom God had chosen and given to Him. And that was whom? The apostles. And once you get that clear, you understand then why we are subject only to the apostolic authority. Because Jesus, they were the executors of his will. Jesus had nothing to say to the people of our dispensation except through whom? The apostles. Don't forget that. And once you have that clear and you begin to think that way, you will begin, you will begin to immediately separate in your thinking truth from error because that's the key. We're going to sing today. I have no idea what. I think it's row, row, row your boat. <laughs> 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.